certain situation and you secrete the same adrenaline, they are basically ready to fight a lion experiencing the same kind of symptoms, that the tight feeling in the stomach. Why? Because all the blood drains out of your stomach and goes into your muscles. And that way, you know, if a, if a lion tears open your stomach, you don't bleed as much. Well, that's, that's a marvelous response if you want to kill a lion, but it doesn't do very much if you're trying to talk to four people in a public speaking situation. So you do have this mechanism set up, and it is the secretion of that powerful drug, adrenaline or epinephrine, that produces what you recognize today as those discomforting symptoms. You know, somebody asks you, or you stand up to give a talk, and suddenly you feel your heart pounding, and your mouth is dry, and your throat is tight, and you can't swallow, and you can't breathe, and your knees are shaking. What's happening is you've injected a large amount of epinephrine in your body, which as I say is marvelous if you now have to hand wrestle a dinosaur, but it doesn't work so well talking to the PTA group. All right. What becomes very apparent then is that uh, what we say to ourselves and what the brain thinks it's seeing is what determines whether or not uh, that adrenaline is going to be secreted. Uh, I always ask uh, my groups, you know, do you, do you know what the world's record is for brain jumping? How high can a human brain jump? And of course, everybody giggles at that because we know that human brains don't have legs and human brains can't jump. And I would like to, you know, in, have you envision <laughs> this brain of yours basically lying behind a six-foot stone wall, and it does not know what's going on on the other side of that wall. It can't jump up and look over. See, the only thing the brain knows about it is what you tell it. And one of the great traditions we have in our class for stage fright is we take a, a, a replica, a rubber replica of a human brain, and we have this great primitive uh, ceremony. We light a candle, we take the brain, and we throw this uh, brain into a grocery bag, and we write on the outside brain in the bag. We then seal the bag and now understand that everything that you're going to tell that brain, it will believe. See, brains are high-speed computers. And they believe everything that you say. And one thing is certain, the brain must be right. The brain, like a high-speed computer, you tell it two and two is four. Whenever you put that uh, problem in, out will come the answer four. Two plus two is four. If you tell a brain that it's dangerous to jump out a 12-story window, I can assure you that the brain doesn't say, gee, let me think, uh, was that dangerous or not? I can't remember whether it was a 12-story floor or a dozen eggs. No, the brain knows what can kill you. The brain knows what's dangerous. And the brain is there simply to keep you alive. So when you get in a situation where you're secreting adrenaline or epinephrine, it's because of something that you've told uh, that brain. Okay. It then becomes apparent then the things that cause yeah, the reaction that we get the, when we get into a public speaking situation is precisely what we say to ourselves beforehand. If we say things that are very threatening to the brain, you will then experience a large uh, you know, dosage of uh, epinephrine. And while uh, you know physiologists describe the uh, the size of the adrenal gland as about the size of an almond or a walnut, uh, I always thought in public speaking situations that mine was about the size of a watermelon because I could go from a very nice uh, state of. Uh, uh, calmfulness and peace uh, and in just milliseconds go into this uh, terribly disturbed state shaking trembling unable to breathe pain in the chest uh, just because of the fact that my adrenal gland uh, squirted uh, what turned out to be a gallon and a half of, uh, of adrenaline well 
one of the things that uh, that that's very apparent is I, I want you to look at adrenaline in the same way that you look at alcohol. If I if I took a a bottle of alcohol and took a drink standing in front of you, and then another drink and another drink, you're beginning to hear my voice begin to slur, and you would begin to see predictable effects. My voice would slur and I would have trouble and I might start giggling, and if I drank enough, I might have trouble thinking. If I drank enough, I could even fall down. Well, what happens was I took additive doses of alcohol and that produced you know, what, what you observed as a predictable reaction to a drug. All right, the same thing happens to epinephrine. Epinephrine is not alcohol, but if you get, you know, one dose of epinephrine and another dose and another dose and another dose, you can predictably expect an increased feeling of discomfort, an increased uh, feeling of fear, so that the first the dose might make your hand start to perspire.